adventure travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tabat, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we burrowed into the rocky pass of Leeway and discussed the possible geo-dragon lord, Ajdaha. This week, we're revisiting the spooky, ooky Akitsu Kimondamashi event, aka the yokai event, aka the bean boy event, aka Ito is the best spooker man ever! Are you looking for some spooky ooshi? A little haunty flaunty in your visuals? Well, come check out our website at talesoftavat.com, where Tiff works hard for your lovins with a dedicated page to every episode that we do. And that includes pics, vids, and some fun and, may I say, snarky exposition. While you're on our site, be sure to check out my other snarkiness in our past seasons and special episodes, artist spotlights from the community that we post with every episode, wallpapers to download, including some of the new Fontaine ones, a new resource section that we're working on, and some of our favorite Genshin merch. Let us know what you think of this episode and what you'd like to see in the future by emailing us at talesatavatpod at gmail.com, following us on Twitter, talesatavat, or following us on Instagram, talesatavatpod. Before... We talk about this yokai event that I'm not even going to try to pronounce right now. (laughs) I know we brought it up once before, but a few of us went to the Genshin concert that happened in Carnegie Hall this month. Yay! And it was amazing. And we just wanted to maybe talk about it a little bit. Yeah, the Saturday evening show. I went to the Boston show because I thought that I might not be able to go to the New York show. But as it turns out, I was able to go and I went with, of course, Feeney and Tiff. Also in attendance was friend of the pod and occasional guest host, Vanessa. Woo! We had a great time. Yeah, it was so cool to hear the music that you love hearing in the game performed like that. But like, obviously, they're professional musicians. They're like top tier in their field. But occasionally I was like, am I listening to a recording? Because this is like, it was spot on. Like, Mm -hmm. it was so good. Yeah, it was amazing. It was everything you could have hoped for from the concert. We didn't have nearly as much cosplay as we anticipated. (laughs) <laughs> after Brandon went to Boston, but we talked afterwards and think it might be because people didn't want to take the subway in <laughs> cosplay. It was also very cold. Yeah, the wind was not our fan. <laughs> yeah, everybody would have lost their wigs. <laughs> I mean, that would have been fun. I think, though, the cosplay that we did see was really good. Yeah, it was It excellent. was really awesome. If you were Shing Show at the Saturday Night New York concert, like, please DM us. <laughs> you had the best cosplay i think i've ever seen in my life in person like Mm -hmm. it was amazing it really was i ran into like a beautifully dressed like greek goddess version of yaimiko in the bathroom and i was like you're beautiful and i was like oh god am i creep all you want yes go you also yelled to somebody as we were walking to our seats i love your venti hat yeah i just like i you can't stop it. <laughs> the first time I went to Comic-Con with my friend, she was ignoring me, but like in a positive way. I would just be like, oh my God, look, it's Venti. Oh my God, look, it's Almedo. Oh my God, look. And I'd be screaming. And she's like, this is how Amanda is. 
<laughs> I will say one of my other favorite parts of the entire evening. So it goes through, they show video. If if you haven't seen any of the recordings of it, the musicians are up there and then they do show some video throughout the concert. It's not all video from the game. Like sometimes they're just really good zooming in and showing you the musicians and stuff like that, which is really cool. But it's sitting there and Ayaka comes up on the screen and this fool, B, is sitting next to me, leans over and whispers in my ear, show us your socks. I died. I almost <laughs> laughed so loud. And then like they show her knees and he's like, it's coming. <laughs> it was Getting so closer. funny. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like pulling some singles out of my wallet. No. Show us the wet socks. Show us those socks. Al, I feel bad that you weren't there, but you literally live like on the opposite side of the country. I literally it's live not the over 1500 miles away. Not the opposite, so it's definitely literally not it, the opposite. It's, it's the opposite. It, we're north, she's south. That's an opposite. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I see what you're saying. But yeah, I think of the sides as like East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, but yeah, because you guys have never thought of the Canadian border versus the Mexico border. <laughs> well, Florida does not border Mexico. <laughs> the oh, Gulf wow. of Mexico. <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, she's on the opposite side of the East Coast from yeah, us. Yeah, North Florida. Let it go. We. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Go Jags. They suck. <laughs> Just like the hey, lions don't do. Trevor Lawrence that way. I will all I want. Mm. This concert was actually so cool that hopefully they will do more of them because like this, it, it stopped at, at Inazuma. Like they added in at the end, you could see like a couple Sumeru and then like Fontaine as like an encore. But it was focused heavily on our first three nations. So we're really hoping that they're going to do another one that's going to include the newer pieces and stuff. But Al, we should try and figure that out because yeah at at some point there are some good halls down here in the south whether it be atlanta or like the saint augustine amphitheater like there's plenty of things we can figure out they just i mean i found this with most things because i was hoping that one of my favorite comedians named josh johnson and yes the farthest south he will go is virginia and i'm like no i want to see you live if anybody has though gone to if they were in the new york concert or if you went to the concert in any other city or country let us know and let us know what you thought because we were very excited and the commemorative ticket that we got is fantastic it was a lot of fun and in addition to Vanessa, we even had a couple other friends. Our friend Maury and her husband Royal came up. So it was it's always a good excuse to like get together and hang out and have fun with your Genshin friends. I did want to just throw out two quick things. One, I have a very proud, humble brag that all three of my favorite characters popped up during this concert. Albedo and Child both had their own segments. And Tignari was one of the only three Sumeru characters featured. I just wanted to throw that out there, A. Eh? Very proud of that. And his daughter was another And one. Kali. And they did them back to back, which was so cute. Because <laughs> they were developed back to back. Yeah. <laughs> Kali was developed way before Tignari, as much as I don't want to say that. In game, though. In game. But the other thing, obviously, my, my favorite part was the Dragon's Fine segment that they did. It was so beautiful. But they did create some new imagery. Not all new imagery, which was my one complaint about the concert. But 
you know, they showed a lot in footage during Dragonspine that popped a lot of questions into Amanda's head lore-wise. A, apparently Albedo is a canonic lefty. He painted with his left hand. I have never noticed that before. Lefty pride. And he also paints like a dumbass, though. Like, he's painting with his left hand, he's got his right hand totally behind his back like someone's holding him hostage. What a show-off. No, that's mm-hmm. probably some trauma from gold. Oh, right. She was like, yeah. do this with your left hand only. He probably was a righty at birth. It probably just helps him focus. I don't know. Two, there was the most wholesome moment. It was the closest I think I got to tears besides one other part where... It was just Albedo and one of the foxes that lives on Dragon Spine, and it was so precious. Three, they show Albedo at the Sky Nail prior to us releasing it, which means that Albedo knew that the Sky Nail. I'm taking this all at, at canon level, guys. That <laughs> means that he knew that the Sky Nail was there, and he's searching for the truth of the world. And we know that the truth of the world has to do something with those nails and the ley lines and the ley lines. But yeah, the concert was beautiful. Everyone, I second every sentiment that Brandon and Tiff have made and, and Al about getting another concert series going and maybe going down by her. Yes. Give us Senora's theme next time. Yes. Please, please. I will fuck. I will be so erect in my seat. <laughs> I will in more be ways frozen than one. and burning. I will. Because I will jism everywhere. Well, before there's any jism anywhere, let's actually oh jump in. Oh, my God. <laughs> what else did it first? I did. I did. I got that. That's That was a, that was a me. That was my fault. <laughs> well, we could talk about the concert all day, I'm sure, and all night. So let's move back into this yokai event. So oh, my God. This so was... many. Back so many. into, you mean, for the first time, let's get into it. <laughs> let's jump into the yokai event so for those of you who may not know the yokai event was a limited time event that ran in december of 22 into january of 23 it started right after wanderer was released i looked that up because i was like i wonder if ito was released then and i was like no that's what no amanda that's impossible but i looked it up anyway this was an event that was held by the yashiro commission For those who might need a quick refresher, the Yushiro Commission is one-third of the Tri-Commission in Inazuma, and they're all the people that regulate the government and rule Inazuma. The Yashiro Commission specifically is in charge of, like, cultural events, festivals, the arts, things like that, and it's managed by the Kamisato family, a.k.a. Ayato and Ayaka, because everyone else is dead. (laughs) everybody else don't forget toma Toma was adopted in but yeah everyone else is dead and basically this is an event that was ayato's idea he decides that they're going to hold an event called the test of courage in inazuma and he's basically says that he was inspired after looking at similar events being held in other nations across tavat to have this event and do something similar to what they've been doing yeah, and he's very sussy, though, when he's telling us this. Like, for one, Paimon has, like, this little, like, quip with him because she's got to be a jerk. He tells us this, the whole, this whole thing, and Paimon's just like, so you're not busy? So this is what you're doing with your time? But, mm-hmm. like, his mm-hmm. response to it is so sus because he's just, like, under his breath says, well, I might require your assistance. And we're like, what? And he's like, never mind. Yeah. He's so sussy. Sussy, wussy. Eh. Always. 
at all times. The amount of people we see at this event, though, I, I kind of think it makes a little more sense when we realize who's here. Mm, well, let's not talk about that yet. Not yet, not yet. But he, he alludes to us, too, though, that we, we might get frightened, which... Is that like a test of courage thing that normally happens or is that because it's in Chinju Forest? <laughs> well, so yeah, let's talk about the event setup. So the event is set up in Chinju Forest, which is sort of that like spooky area south to southwest of the Kamisato estate. Is that fair to Where say? Where you find Child and Yoimiya when Child and Yoimiya were randomly there one day. During a s- different Yeah, event. during a different event, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Chinju Forest and Chinju Forest is also isn't sort of uh the area where you where Sayu hangs out and yeah. that's where all the Chinuki are. So anyway, Ayato explains that participants are divided into teams of two and they are told the name of an item that's placed in the area and the first team to find the item is declared the winner of that round and there are three rounds. And the reason that there are three rounds is because this event is put together by three parties, first being merchants who funded the event the second being the commissatos who provided the grounds for the event to be on i guess they own chinju forest it makes sense it's right there and then the third being the narukami shrine who provided quote-unquote consulting services whatever that (laughs) means each of these parties selected an item for the contest and the rewards are based on the number of items that are found by a team and if a team finds all three they get the grand prize Yeah. And I did want to say something quickly before we jump into the storyline of the event. And maybe we need a quick refresher too on what a yokai is. But Tiff, you had said like, why are things going to scare us? Or Brandon, you said it. It's funny because this is very similar to the event that happens in Shang Yun's hangout. Like when they announced that this event was going to be happening, I thought Shang Yun was going to show up in an Azuma. They mentioned it in Shang Yun's hangout. What? When? Well, fun fact... (laughs) Test of Courage is the name of a quest within Shang Yun's hangout. Oh. Yeah, do you guys remember his hangout? Which I didn't I know do, that was the name of it, but I Brandon. don't remember that. With the spooky ghost girl. Yeah, in his hangout. Well, no, in his hangout, one of the things you do is you go and you enter a contest to try to, like, find ghosts. But you find out that it's all, like, fake. And that there's oh. actors, like, jumping out and everything. It's a, it's a full haunted house. Mm-hmm. And, like, Shang Yun is so disappointed Mm-hmm. He's like, I was gonna test my abilities. That's right, because we see a bunch of people getting really scared too, right? Mm-hmm. So it and makes me wonder if like, Ayato was in leeway at all. You know, he's everywhere. He is everywhere at this point. And then before we jump too far into the storyline of the event, can we go over quickly what a yokai is? Because we've alluded that yokai are going to be involved in this. Yeah, absolutely. You mean by alluded, you mean like the name of this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. So yokai is a specific class of supernatural entity that we find in Japan, very reminiscent to Japanese culture. And of course, Inazuma is our stand-in for Japan. And a lot of the folklore of Japan, we're going to see in Inazuma. And so yokai is kind of classified as supernatural entities and spirits in Japanese folklore. And they can be like dubious and like you know, mischievous or really helpful. It depends. It really depends. Some are very animalistic. So we think of kitsune, which are like yaimiko with the nine-tailed foxes. So you have animal-like ones. You've got the onis who are more of like a mythical beastie boys. 
And then you have ones that we'll go into that are umbrellas or toilets or fucking paddles. <laughs> and we'll and we'll get into 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 why those are specifically like that. Nice star rail shout out, by the way. <laughs> the toilets. Uh, but they're akin to the illuminated beasts of leeway. Yes. So when you think of like the adepti, the yaksha, mm-hmm. all those little funny guys, this is like the Inazuma version of them. Yeah. I would say though, like the adeptal beasts or the illuminated beasts are I guess more highly regarded while yokai are just considered like an adjacent part of everything else in the world. Like these just happen to be creatures that we coincide and live with. The humans may not know about us, but we do exist. And they're kind of on that similar playing field. While illuminated beasts, I I would say, because like cloud retainer, mountain ship, moon carver are all kind of like elevated to like a a divine level in a way while yokai maybe not so much but yeah so many categories of yokai we we could have a full singular podcast just on yokai that's how much there is just to throw out there too i don't want us to get too much into the yokai but there are four three or four playable characters that are four confirmed yokai four so that's kirara Mm-hmm. Ujosara, mm-hmm. Yaimiko, mm-hmm. and Ido. Ito! Wait, what about Goro? He's not confirmed. No, okay. not confirmed. He's just same thing like Diona, where Diona's like a half cat. He's just a half dog. Oh, right, right. Okay. That whole other species of people that we haven't really they haven't like dived into. I wanna know, man. You'd think you'd think they would make him one just because he's from Inazuma. Yeah. And it's possible that he could be. It's just not like officially confirmed right yeah he's a shiba inu yes (laughs) (laughs) and i just wanted to do one more clarification too for anyone a lot of travelers listening might say ito's an oni not a yokai what are you talking about well as i was kind of talking about earlier there's a bunch of different versions of yokai Mm -hmm. so onis fall under that yeah like we could look at it like oh there are different demon categories or spirit categories. Going back to phasmophobia, you got you got many different types of spirits going on. Triggered. Triggered. <laughs> I was going to actually put that down to a little bit of a lower level of understanding of it's like saying that like tacos and pizza are food. So yeah. yes, it's all food, but there's different types of food. That's a good point too. Yeah. Or like a taco is not a sandwich, but it is a sandwich. Right. I'm starving now. So let's move on. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I'm, now I'm hungry. It's not fair. But so we have this conversation with Ayato and we enter the event. The best is we enter the event and we find out that we don't count as two people. <laughs> we do not. Paimon is an attachment of us. So you have to have two people. So we need a partner because Paimon doesn't count. Although they kind of like try and say it in a nice way. They're like, we, oh, they wrote your names down as one. So you're just one. And it's like, Mm-hmm. It's because she's a fucking lavender melon. You can't <laughs> you can't enter a contest with you and your wa- lavender melon. Speaking of lavender melon, we do run into Ito on our way to enter this contest, and he's like, "Yeah, I wanted the whole game to like join, you know, this test of courage." And they just were kind of like nonplussed and he's like kind of bummed about it. And now he like wants to scare them. So he's like <laughs> trying to like, I'm going to figure out how to be the best scary person <laughs> ever. And you're going to help me, right? And we're kind of like, uh. We're here to win something, He you know? literally yeah. begs us. He's like, 
please. And we're like, mm. he was like, pretty, pretty, please. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fine. So he gives himself his own nickname. It's Arataki ain't scared of nothing, Ito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, and then we get to the uh, actual contest area and we talk to this shrine maiden who is sort of like the person that sets us up to begin the contest and she's trying to spook us. <laughs> Such mom energy. Like mom on a Halloween yes. energy. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Meanwhile, Paimon is like actually scared. Paimon was scared the second Ayato was like, it could be scary. Yeah. Uh, or if you were me, you'd be scared the second you saw Ayato. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> wow. He's sus. I mean, yes, but who else are we going to see? Because we have a whole... We have so many people to choose from as partners. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice like little selection they gave you. Yeah, once we find out that we and Paimon count as one person, <laughs> the spooky shrine maiden <laughs> tells us that we need a partner because it has to be, you know, two people. So she's like, maybe you can just uh, look around and find someone else. And conveniently, there are just three people sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Staring out into the forest. Yes. So convenient. But they show us in that scene, Goro, Ayaka, and Haizu. Is, no, Haizu's not shown there. It's Goro, Ayaka, and Kazuha. So, no, actually, that's a good point. So when we're talking with Ito, <laughs> he's like, help me, please help me learn how to scare people. Paimon's kind of reluctantly like, all right, but like, don't get in the way of us winning our prize. And he's like, <laughs> and so it's, we like go off with Ito and then... It, the camera sort of pans over and we see Hazo nearby eavesdropping on us. And it's like, hmm. And this is like right after he was released. And we all were like, hmm. But what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, being sexy and whispering <laughs> in people's ears. Just looking all seductive. Like B said, your first three options were Ayaka, Goru, Kazuha. We all played the event. Who did you choose? I chose Kazuha. You know I chose Kazuha. I didn't play the event. You didn't play the event? No, I was playing during the event, but something else was going on at the time, and I don't remember what. And I don't know if it was something that was going on in my life or in the game that I was at, but I didn't play it. So I also did not get the creepy-ass weapon that you got at the end (gasps) of this. The umbrella sword, right? It's a sword? Yes, it is a sword. It is really good on Kuki. And it's really creepy. It is. We'll talk about it because I have a whole thing. It's 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 actually a yokai. We we are holding an actual yokai. Odd looking. But yeah, so I didn't get that. I didn't end up going through the event. I did start it and I did see like Ito's part and I saw Haizu. And I got to the point, I think, where I had to choose somebody. And then I don't I don't know what happened. So I'm going by not only did Fiends tell me the story? Because when I originally told her, when I hadn't watched, I had done it, I watched full videos and stuff like that. And if you've gone to our site before, you know, I try to actually give you full playthroughs of any of the stuff that when we talk about this and this one is included, I will have a link to a full story quest that somebody recorded because the Genshin community is awesome like that. Mm-hmm. So then I picked Cosmo, Brandon picked Cosmo. Who did you pick? Allison. Oh, yeah. Ayaka, because I am of the propaganda that Lumine and Ayaka are dating. Or, well, Ayaka <laughs> wants to date Lumine, but yes, is, she does. is hopelessly, 
hopelessly failing in this. But hers was really sweet. Well, what's great is that depending on who you choose, I mean, it's it's mostly the same, but they each tell a different little story at the beginning of you mm-hmm. setting out on your path to find the item that you're supposed to find. Mm-hmm. And Ayaka, her spooky story that she tells at the beginning, it, it really creeps out Paimon, which is very entertaining. But she actually tells a story about a wandering samurai who crosses a forest at night and notices like the scenery changing and then he realizes that he's like in another world with strange and human creatures staring at him Mm -hmm. it's very much like the yokai legend that we're gonna get to in a minute but i love that ayaka is sort of like here's what's gonna happen (laughs) like very (laughs) straightforward like and if you pick um goro as your partner he tells a different story about an army marching through a deserted forest who find a stockpile of food and they start eating the food and then they notice blood red eyes staring at them and so that's sort of like a different version of the yokai story i guess i'm assuming and then if you choose kazua as your partner this is what i love kazua tells a story about how his own travels like he's not telling a story that he heard passed down he's like let me tell you about something that i experienced (laughs) <laughs> he's like i'm a wanderer i travel around and he um came to a bridge and he had been told i guess by locals wherever he was that an ominous presence awaited those who crossed the bridge at night and it was said that there was a pair of lovebirds who tragically fell into the water below and died and their spirits converged around the bridge and were never dispersed and so he was like okay interesting let me try this I I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So he crosses the bridge at night and then he hears voices and he stops to listen and he realizes that it was this couple disguised as ghosts who would blackmail passersby for their belongings. Ah. And he overhears them like arguing over how they're going to split the money that they got from these suckers (laughs) who were scared of ghosts. (laughs) That was a kink for them. <laughs> you know, I'm such a bird nerd, though, that when you said love birds, I literally thought that there were birds that fell into the water. Like literal birds. Yeah, I was like, like oh, cute birds. little love birds. And then I realized it was people. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so funny because the other two, like Ayaka and Goro, as you're going through this trail to find the item, they encounter like people that are working for the commission that are like, ooh, spooky, haunted. And like we have our own run-ins with them with the other two. And like Paimon's like, oh my God, I'm so scared. And everyone is sort of like, ah, run. And when it's Kazuha, there's like someone being like, oh, horror, awful. <laughs> and Kazuha runs towards the person. He's like, we need to help them because what no that's how they get you <laughs> like he's not scared at all he's just like oh i like i ran towards them to help them and paimon's like what are you doing paimon's like this is how you die <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> But either way, whoever you choose, you eventually find the item at the end, and it's Dongo milk. Gross. It's like a shit ton of Dongo milk, though. That should be expired. It's like boxes on boxes on boxes. And like, that has been sitting out unrefrigerated mm-hmm. this entire time. Disgusting. That thing is <laughs> fucking curdled. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> 
But it's like hidden behind like a scarecrow that's been like shot with arrows. Yeah, it's like a scarecrow laying down. And then as you get closer to it, there's like, I guess you trigger some kind of thing and it like pops up as if it's guarding the milk. <laughs> you it's need like the guarding of the milk. <laughs> the guarding of the milk. It's meant to scare everyone. And, and of course, Paimon is like, oh my God, it's guarding <laughs> the milk. Don't touch the milk. And uh, Traveler is Paimon. like the one that's kind of like, all right, it's just trying to scare us. Everyone calm down. Yeah. And like, but like Paimon's solution to trying to carry this much Dongo milk is to drink it. Yes. <laughs> Which they do. Yeah. <laughs> so they found some random milk out in the forest and they're like, ah, let's drink it. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we bring the Dongo milk back but don't we get distracted is it on the way or afterwards i believe it's on the way when when we run into a is that what you're yes alluding to yeah i think it's on the way i think it's when we've already claimed our prize yeah no it's like when we're yeah after we've had the dongo milk and decide what to do with it and we're about to leave you see a walk walk up and the like behind whoever our partner is and just sort of like walk to the side and then turn away and like look out over like a cliffside or something and if you're partnered with ayaka she's like let's go back and you're like wait i see someone she's like all right you know hang out with your friend i'm off and goro basically does the same thing <laughs> but then kazuha knows who it is and says ah i see so she is at the test of courage too to avoid any unnecessary complications i prefer not to meet with her you may pass on my regards and then walks away. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we're all like, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, though, like when we do run into her and we start to when we start talking to her and she says that Yaimiko told her about it and that she should go and check it out. But people got scared of her when they saw her, like as if she was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so but which was part of Yaimiko's <laughs> plan was, yeah, go down there and go scare those people. <laughs> Just by being yourself. <laughs> I took it as they were scared of her because of the Raiden Shogun puppet. <laughs> yeah. I shit myself. Like they, I she might her, kill yeah. you at any minute. <laughs> I like to think of it, though, that they were kind of in between. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she basically. Yeah. Was. I mean, just the look of her. They were like, ah, gotta go. <laughs> and then A says, you drank all my Dongo milk. <laughs> now you must die. <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
She starts telling us, though, about a game that she saw that was going on at the beach called Akitsu Yugi that originated from Akitsu Hazora, which is also called Akitsu Hanisobi. Hanabasobi. I think. Yeah, they put like a little, like it, when, you know, when you're watching certain things like in the game or the, with the subtitles and stuff, they might be saying one thing. They tell us the name like kind of in a different, like they use two names sometimes and they'll put a little parenthesis within the, your subtitles. So it, it's called Akitsu Hanisobi, but the one that we're playing is Akitsu Yugi. <laughs> so it's Akitsu. Just keep it at that. <laughs> but she tells us, though, that her sister, Makoto, that was the original Electro Archon, she used to enjoy it, which made me feel all sads and stuff because that whole story just makes me sad. Yeah. That she misses her sister so much that even just at a random beach game, she's like, oh, my sister used to like this. She'd like it here. Yeah, and she, she says that it's Kitsu Yuge or Yuge or however you say it. You, you're a gay. And she guesses that it <laughs> oh originates from, you know, Akitsu Hazura. And Akitsu Hazura is a game where you use Hagoita, which are these decorative paddles. Remember that to hit a <laughs> ball towards a set target. And it was once popular during these old festivals. And yeah, when she's talking about Makoto and, you know, how they were enjoyed playing this game back when Makoto was alive, she mentions that I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's Hiyakiyako was still around then. And that's a gathering of yokai where they drink and party and then they soar into the sky and cover the sky with their powers out blocking you know blocking out the moon and if that sounds familiar it's because that's what happens in Yaimiko's story quest where she actually helps the yokai memories that are leaking out of the ley lines to fulfill that whole ritual where they soar into the sky she's sort of hearkening back to you know this time in the past where this was actually happening in Inazuma and she says that the yokai would have all these festivals and that includes the Makawa flower festival which makoto found particularly fascinating and that was sort of a festival where the yokai would mix with humans like they would invite the humans in and party together and she's like yeah you can go down to the beach and play that game down there if you want and um good luck to you i hope you win the contest like thanks stop scaring off our partners now mm -hmm. <laughs> yes like, thanks for being weird <laughs> thanks for the history update but uh we gotta go get a prize here's your spoiled doggo milk <laughs> i'm sorry you're sad about your sister and that a whole nation had to suffer for it but i got things to do <laughs> i will say i do love the fact that she's coming around now because in kind of just witnessing the culture of her people and in truly acting like a god now instead of just like this this dormant figure of an archon. Yeah, the more human she becomes, the more she becomes a god. Yeah, exactly. She's almost becoming herself before she lost her sister. Which makes a lot of sense because I love, as, and we'll go into the story that we learn at the end of this event, but there's a real interesting parallel of what immortality and mortality can kind of bring, like how they both look at happiness and what is a fulfilling life. And that's so interesting to me because that's all Inazuma is. You have eternity versus the inevitable end, which is, you know, death. <laughs> I still think she's a puppet. Same, I was thinking Made that. by her sister. 
I thought we all agreed she was a shoe yokai. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yes, the infamous rumors of her being a shoe yokai never end. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. She's probably just wearing a shoe yokai. I'll get into it when we go to the sword. But, um, yeah. Can you imagine being a shoe yokai? Like, you're literally just being stepped on every day. Some people would love it. (laughs) It sounds like something the writing shogun would do <laughs> sounds like something that you'd have a subscription to only fans yes okay. yeah true <laughs> this is a step on me mommy <laughs> it's literally okay so we say bye to a and we're like we have to literally go finish doing this event and win and then we run back in the ito i believe yep he wants us to help him scare people ito ito <laughs> All, which leads us into one of the most ridiculous paimonisms which I kind of second to Detective Paimon, which is when she tries to scare somebody and she just comes out and goes, wooga booga booga. And it's like, I, what? Wooga booga booga. One of my favorite things when this event came out, one, the trailer for it was amazing. Because I, I mean, you, Ito was one of my favorite characters. I'm not going to lie. But someone really. Took- I have no idea. None. No idea. No clue. Not a single one. Not because he looks like Inuyasha and acts dumb like him. I thought your favorite character was Yante. (laughs) I would say out of all of our episodes, 75% of them talk about Inuyasha. I almost feel like I have to like watch it. I mean, you should. It's less than Honkai. Oh my God. Uh, you know what? It may actually be more than Honkai. <laughs> Honestly, Probably. you all should watch Inuyasha. If you want us to do a special episode about it, you let us know. Al and I will run that shit. Oh yeah, we will. <laughs> Absolutely. I do refuse to watch the rest of Yashihime after I've learned something and I don't want to watch that shit. Oh, you gotta tell me later, Al, because yeah, I haven't yeah, we'll, finished we'll, it we'll, 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 I'll explain. This, is, this has nothing to do with what actually happens in the story, but kind of. <laughs> Okay, go back then. Circumstance. Either way. So one thing that the Genshin community does is roast the fuck out of the English VA translations or like puts English VA versus all the other ones. So like they did the the Chinese, the Korean and the Japanese like Paimon scare voice. And it's just them screaming. Really? Abby Benes is like, ah, and she says, booga, booga, booga. Well, I mean... It's honestly better because Wooga Booga Booga is the best thing ever. <laughs> and every time I think about it, I think of the Flintstones and I don't know why, because it sounds like what their feet did when they were running. <laughs> I love that, though. It's so camp. Yeah. To be scared of Wooga Booga Booga. <laughs> yeah. And like... <laughs> This I do love the English VA sometimes where they do have these weird moments. I love it. But don't you don't you think that what's his name, the VA, like just ad lib that? Oh, Max Middleman ad libs everything. The Paimon voice actor, meanwhile, is, is like recording separately and it's just booga booga booga. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It makes my life in all honesty. 
So what we who we are actually trying to scare, though, it turns out to be these three kids that scare us just as much as we scared them. And it's so cute. And these little kids, oh my God, this is why if you find me on Genshin, it's why my tag is, sorry, I'm a full-time yokai mom now. I'm taking care of all three of those cute little yokai babies. One of them is a Kappa <laughs> and he's the cutest one of them all. Just don't knock his noggin around or else the eternal youth juice will spill out and he will die. So just to clarify the storyline, like we are talking to Ido and then he's like, I'm so psyched to scare people. And then we're like waiting in the bushes because we agreed to help him, right? <laughs> the things we do for him. We hear a noise, like people coming and he's like, let's do this. He like jumps out and he's like, boo. And then there are three children question mark with masks question mark so that's one of the <laughs> yeah. thing that we don't really know it's kind of ambiguous it just looks like kids with masks yeah on. they just look like three kids with masks as if they're just yes. and paimon's like ghosts <laughs> and then the children are like ghosts <laughs> yeah. and then we all run away from each other <laughs> yeah i think for a story sense though they're supposed to be actual yokai children for the story ends up yeah we get to that i think when we meet them later but they but they really do just look like they're in masks and you can see the little masks but like the the yes. strings behind their fucking heads so that's why when playing this it was so fucking confusing i'm like wait a minute these Same. are human kids yeah. but no apparently not <laughs> like i was waiting for like the twist or something the whole time i was like but these are kids with masks yeah these are <laughs> these human are human beings with masks it never on. happened yeah. yeah or i was waiting for like a reveal where they take the mask off and that's like the same thing underneath yeah <laughs> reveal yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would actually have been really funny oh my god not me thinking of like walk that fucking duck and there's just little <laughs> coming a little out. duck okay <laughs> so after we freak out and scream and everyone goes running, Ido's really confused. He's like, these people weren't here before. I don't know who they are. They then go looking for these children that we've been scared half to death. Now we're children hunting. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Jesus Christ, no. What's great about this part is that like we all run away from each other, right? And then we're sort of we calm down, we're talking, and Ido's like, you know what? I checked out this whole area when I was like hiding in the bushes waiting to scare everyone <laughs> during, you know, round one. And I, I know that these kids were a part of this test of courage, but they seem to be very good at scaring people. So I'm going to go capture them and learn their art of scaring. And so he like runs back and then Paimon, she's like, wait, you're going to leave? And he's like, well, you can stay here and uh, Traveler and I can go and investigate. And Paimon's like, okay, that sounds great. And the Traveler's like, wait, isn't it more dangerous to stay here by yourself? <laughs> and then Paimon admits that the last mystery novel that she bought from the Yai Publishing House had a plot just like that, <laughs> where whoever said, I'm not going, would be the next victim. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely hard no games. Mm -hmm. yep but i love that this like sort of inserting this like seed of like you know the last mystery novel i bought yeah. from my publishing yeah. house like where this eventually leads to fontaine and detective paimon the best yeah. paimon yeah, yeah she's always liked her mystery novels yeah yes. she just never really picked up on it until she pulled out a monocle <laughs> right <laughs> Or glasses and a mustache, whatever. Yeah, you want. it was glasses and a mustache, <laughs> but monocle definitely sounded funny. 
<laughs> but as we're looking, Ido runs off to go get the kids because I'm pretty sure he sees them. And we're like, okay, bye, Ido. And we keep looking to see if maybe we can find them in case Ido doesn't. And we run into like a really spooky, scary woman. Yeah, we met Sadako. Who's got, she's got like flowers on her on her eye. Total diva. Mm-hmm. Her design is so fucking good. It's it's pretty, and it's also like real fucking creepy without being overtly grotesque. If you zoom into the one flower on her eye, there's an eye in the flower. Yes, really? it's so good. Oh, I yes. missed that. Oh, I'm gonna have to go look at that. Oh, it's it's mwah, chef's kiss. I mean, she's a little extra weird because she's like muttering to herself too. Yes. And she turns around. She's like so diva. She's like, are you talking to me? (laughs) To someone like me? (laughs) She's so above us. Well, she thinks we're also just human. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) humans. We find out (laughs) later this is because of trauma, but it's fine. But in the moment, we're like, don't talk to us like that. Shit. Look, there's nothing worse than trauma, but there is, and it's called furry trauma. (laughs) We don't get her name at that point, but well, she does say like she speaks of herself, but like it, the subtitles just put the question mark, but her name is Chizuru. So just to make it a little easier going forward, like we don't act, like she says like she's there. Oh, what are you doing? Why is this like she, she's like mad at herself about something? I know that's her name, but my eyes, whenever I look at her name, I read it as chorizo. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and I get so hungry, <laughs> and I'm like, "This is so not it." When I see it, I I I just see soy rizo. <laughs> 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 the vegan version of it. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that got me. Because it like took a moment and I was like, what? Soy? I'm like, oh, it's the vegetarian version of chorizo. <laughs> Soy rizo's delicious. <laughs> it also would kill Ito. Well, you know, two birds. <laughs> oh, no. Do this to my one and only. <laughs> At this point, though, we pass out, don't we? Like, we're just, like, all of a sudden, it's like there's smoke and just we're out. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, get out of here or you'll be trapped here forever. And then it's like energy swirls around her. And then we smell weird flowers and pass out. Don't we get awoken by the little kids? No. Hazo. Oh, it's, yeah, that's right. Okay. Hazo's been stalking around the festival grounds. (laughs) He was just waiting, waiting for the moment to whisper in our ear. He's also read too many detective books. He doesn't need to. He's a detective. Well, he is a detective. So <laughs> let's be fair. Nah. He's reading. <laughs> You're like, no. Reading is fundamental. But yeah, so he wakes us up. And of course, as he's trying to like calmly wake us up, Paimon's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What is happening? She's freaking out. And when we finally come to, Hezu says that no one else was there. He's really not sure what happened to us. But then he's also like very like skeptical. He's like, hmm, there's more. We're like, okay, what does that mean? And he starts to tell us about this thing that happened down at the beach and how they're trying to keep it kind of hush-hush right now because they don't want people to know about it. But there's been, like, a game created down at the beach, which is, like, an old game that people haven't played in years. Right, which is the game that 
A was mentioning earlier. Right. And he's concerned about it. He doesn't know what's going on. He says it seems like people can operate it, but doesn't know how or why. And they don't know how it popped up. So it's funny because he says that this game, you know, quietly appeared among visitors and tourists with no attendance to operate or explain it. And that people can operate the game themselves just by talking to the bulletin board, which I thought was funny because it's like (laughs) you walk up to the bulletin board in game and sort of talk to it. But like the people are like the people in the game are literally talking to the bulletin board to start the game. The bulletin board (laughs) is, in fact, a yokai. And I will prove this. (laughs) I have this. Once once we get to it, I'm going on a full tangent on this and be afraid because you're going to be licked by a toilet yokai. Going to be full bidet. <laughs> Wait, once we get to what? Don't worry about it. You'll find out. All right. So Hazo explains that the... Uh that he's on a commission that's why he's there to look into this beach game that just appeared out of nowhere with no attendant and paimon is like oh my god could it be run by ghosts (laughs) and hazo's like well that's the rumor and it started spreading like wildfire and it scared everyone away from the beach for a while but then he says that the tenryo commission aka the popo and inazuma wanted to close the beach to investigate the rumors But before they could do that, the Yashiro Commission played their trump card and set up the Test of Courage event and sort of took over the area. Mm -hmm. And so people that were originally scared by the beach game, they started thinking that this was just a preview event planned by the Yashiro Commission. And so they started coming back. Which it's not. (laughs) Right. And Heizo says that he's confident that the game never had anything to do with the Yashiro Commission. And Paimon's like, well, Ayato is one of the smartest people we know. So what the hell was he thinking and setting this up around, you know, this thing? Well, gee, I wonder, Paimon. Hazo's commission, <laughs> it turns out, regards these reports of someone who played the game and was trapped on the beach for hours, who would return to the same spot whenever he tried to leave, and whose friends were like feet away from him on the beach but could not see him while he was like trapped in this like weird little i don't know domain thing terrifying yeah so hazo is trying to figure out who set up the game and why did the yashiro commission try to cover it up Mm -hmm. which eventually seems like yaimiko might have been whispering in their ear a little bit too I mean, yeah. And the uh, you mean the uh, Yashiro commissions? Yeah, it feels like Yaimiko definitely was, you know, in Ayato's ear and, and kind of making requests for herself even. Absolutely. So it goes to round two at this point? Yes. Yeah, we run back to the Shrine Maiden, who's still trying to scare us. <laughs> Wait, so we uh, go into round two. Who did y'all pick? Um, duh. Baby side. Toma, my husband. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I also picked Toma. I thought you chose your daughter. Rose before children. <laughs> wow. Rose before chose. I don't know. I'm going to mark that down. <laughs> I chose baby Sayu because I was like, we're in the land of the Tanuki. She's not a Tanuki. I remember it being really hard for me to choose which one. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> Our Sayu should. episode. She's not a Tanuki. <laughs> 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 but yeah so the shrine maiden who's you know still trying to be spooky she like lets us know that you know she basically just tries to scare us away again like in a mom way <laughs> and then we start round two but we have to pick another partner so we have to choose between yoimiya sayu and toma there's not too much variation of consequence between those three when you actually do round two yoimiya said that she was in round one but arrived early 
so we didn't see her because she's a go-getter. Sayu said, like, we wake her up, first of all, when we talk to her. But she mentions that a big bullheaded beast, which is Ushi, jumped out at her in round one. So she hid behind a tree, which is funny because during round one, when you're playing, like you have Ito sort of running around in the bushes trying to scare us. And he throws Ushi out to scare us. So like Sayu like experienced that too. And she's like, some big bullheaded beast jumped out at me. <laughs> it was just Ushi. Option three was Toma, and Toma, he becomes aware that someone's following him <laughs> and he, during round one. And so he chases after them, which is, of, <laughs> of, of course, Ido. So you have Toma chasing Ido through the forest, uh, but he says that they got away. And then Paimon kind of figures that out. She's like, well, maybe they weren't trying to cause trouble. They were just trying to, you know, scare people. And Toma says, coming all the way to the test of courage to scare people. Well, the world is full of all kinds of weirdos. <laughs> what a read. What a fucking read. Which is like, this is before the uh, Iridori Festival, right? No, I think this this is after. This oh, is it's after? after? Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's really funny then. Because like, they kind of had like a... a bromance thing going on during the Iridori festival, if I remember right. Yes, definitely. Well, it was because Toma gave Ido a drink made out of beans by accident, not knowing that he had (laughs) an allergy. No, Toma was panicking. He was like, oh my god, oh my god, I almost killed him. Oh my, and they're like, boss. Toma knew. (laughs) I love Toma, but I think he is. He plays the dumb guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but not in this situation. (laughs) You're like, no, he really didn't try to murder somebody. He didn't try to kill Ito unless he's trying to get him away from Ayato. We don't know. Do you think that Toma is Ayato's assassin? It's possible. We've talked about that before, I think. Oh. The boots on the ground. He does it via poison. He's like, I made you this. Yeah. Try Mm. this hot pot. With a cake in it. (laughs) So then after this, we go find the three kids with Ido, and we see that, like we said, that they're dressed as yokai, or we assume that they're dressed as yokai. Because Ido recognizes them from Granny's Ultimate Yokai Field Guide, because Granny was, or is, she's not, oh my god, she's not dead. Wow. (laughs) I just killed her. Like, Toma tried to kill Ido with a bean. No. (laughs) But he goes on, he's like so excited. He's like, this one is Yoku, this one's Kappa, and this one's Hitosumi Kuzu? Is that, am I saying that right? Hitsusumi Kozu. I don't know to this day which one is which. So please, somebody in the know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I always assume OU is pronounced O because of Goro. I mean, that's how they say it in the oh, game. I don't know yeah. if that's how you actually oh. pronounce it, but in the game, they say Goro. So I don't know. So we do the second part with Toma. There's not a, really a lot that goes on with Toma or, or whoever you pick. And we then run back into the kids with Ido and we talk to them, correct? We learn from them. Yeah. But yeah. Well, they tell us that they actually know that Ito's an Oni as well. But they kind of say something a little bit off too about like, you know, we saw you, but we don't know if you saw us. Because <laughs> like, they're kind of like mysterious. And they end up telling us that they set up the game on the beach and that they were trying to hold the flower festival. So they have good intentions, these little kids. But because they're young yokai, they don't have as much power. So they couldn't finish setting up the festival. Like They got as far as like making this game and then that ate up all their yokai-isms. Yeah. You know, they're living in the wilderness and they're trying to throw a festival 
in the vein of the Mikawa Flower Festival that we talked about before, which was where, you know, the yokai would invite humans. And this was like back in the day when Makoto was still alive that they would do this. They're trying to do this specifically to sort of emulate Mikawa Flower Festival because that was the one where yokai would invite humans. And they're doing this to show their appreciation to humans because they're sort of diminished in number hanging out in Chinju forest and there are monsters in the wilderness that will attack them and eventually human adventurers will just randomly come through and scare off the monsters that are attacking them so the yokai are trying to show their appreciation to the humans by throwing a festival in the vein of Mikawa Flower Festival. They're kind of like why can't we be friends? Yeah and, and so they set up this game on the beach as like a symbol of of like like, hey, like, come hang out with us. But it takes up all their power, like Tiff said. They actually start telling us the origin story. We have, a again, a beautiful cutscene. Um, well, I don't know if they show it at this point, but there is a beautiful cutscene that I think they show us at the end that we actually see it. Yeah, this is where they show the cutscene. Oh, it is? Okay. The samurai and the yokai. Very gay, furry love affair. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. They loved each other. So yeah, the young samurai stumbled into the festival, walked through this kind of like little barrier and stuff. And like mm -hmm. all the yokai were like, that's a human, get him out, blah, blah, blah. Like they're all freaking out. And then this large ferret yokai who's fucking so hammered on sake is like, we're here to have fun. Let him in. <laughs> yeah. And that was one amazing because I mean, all the furries of the Genshin community were suddenly like, excuse me. Hello. I feel recognized. Hello. My new love interest. Oh my God. He's got pecs. He <laughs> fights and he's an alcoholic. My love. <laughs> and they start, you know, like they're talking and he's talking about like how, you know, I'm like this modern samurai. I want to, you know, be the best that ever was, you know, full Ash Ketchum style. And then they play a game of Honey I'm So By or So Be or So By. Did you say Honey I'm So By? <laughs> honey I'm So By. <laughs> you know, that's probably why they played it because they're gay. <laughs> or bye, whichever one. We don't know for sure. I know for sure the ferret. Bye, bye on the way to gay. You know, yeah. <laughs> we stepped into bye on the way to yes. <laughs> but they're they're playing the the pal game, and then they agree upon that every 10 years they would come together and have a battle or like a duel. And oh, it's this beautiful moment of like friendship, aka lovers, and Every 10 years they come together and finally the human, you know, in his prime beats him. And all of a sudden this yokai is like, oh shit, this human got me. He got me good. He fucking beat me. I'm swearing off all sake. And he's training. He's training hardcore mega style full montage. <laughs> and then he doesn't show up. It's like, what? Turns out there was a war. Like what? And the guy comes back. And he's older and he comes back again in the next decade. And he's like, look, I'm, I'm I'm here to actually say goodbye. I'm like 65 years old now. And the yokai is like, no, you can't die. Yeah. We're friends. We're BFFs. Exactly. Like we, we have, we have been the best of friends. We meet once every 10 years, but it's like, we just saw each other the other day. It's been amazing. And we should have another duel. And the human's like, I, I I think my battling days are over, but I, I'll I'll play a game with you again. And the human is so tired that he can't really do it. 
he gets very winded. And the yokai, like in in the cutscene, when the yokai realizes that the human's at war, he's like, oh, what's another 10 years? Nothing like 10 years is nothing for a yokai. But to humans, that's that's a long ass time. That is, I mean, look, we all hope to get to 50 at some point. That's a good chunk of our lives that we're waiting for this one battle. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And I think it's insinuated. We don't know for sure, but it, it's insinuated that they, they don't meet again. And that brings us to our Sadako looking bitch. Who's that? The 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 the, the lady, the Chiroza. But the what looking? Sadako looking. What From is the Sadako? ring. Oh. <laughs> I was like, who is that? <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, someone's going to tell me. The ring. The ring. That's this one. <laughs> Samara. Oh, wait, no. Wait. Oh, the grudge of Sadako. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like, <laughs> the ring is Samara, right? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember anymore. They they both start with S and they both have very long hair. Wow. Racist. Okay. It is very racist. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They, the hair covers their face. I can't see their face. <laughs> They might have been influenced by each other, at least the American versions. Yeah, but either either way. The Samara looking bitch. Yes, it comes back to her because I think she's a ghost. Yeah, like the kids are telling us the story and stuff like that. And they've mentioned specifically that Ayato ran across them, but they didn't think he saw them, which I think that means that he saw them. Oh, yeah, he totally (laughs) saw them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Ito's like, hey, you're one of us. You're yokai. I'll go show you around. Let me show you to my friends because Ito is the nicest person in this game especially to kids yeah he's like he accepted them and was just like yeah all right let's go but then we run into chuzo or chorizo again (laughs) and we actually yeah sorizo we actually play a game with her on the beach play the game on the beach with her and we're amazed how good she is and she wins obviously we tell her that she gets to have a wish for winning like she can make a wish to us for winning and she wishes that we never meet again because that's not dramatic like how fucking rude she says that if we see if we see her she's gonna steal our souls she's so scary but she was having fun playing the game she She was. was she was totally into it and then she was like never mind and she starts to like glow in the dark or no, she glows dark, not glow in the dark. Yeah, she gets she gets hella fucking mad. She's like, you made me feel. It's like, no, get out of here. Every Genshin player's like, I identify. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, ma'am? Hello? Who are you? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, and we're like, uh, okay, I'm just gonna go hang out with my friends again. And we see, like, everybody's, like, hanging out with the yokai kids, and, like, they're all, like, super excited to, like, be meeting them and stuff like that. Like, Ido's introduced them. Goro's talking to the little green-faced kid, and... It sounds like they're hitting on Goro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here I was no, like, like, oh, like, I don't like Goro. So I was just like, oh, but that was so nice. Like, he like, you know, was, like when little uh, kids have crushes on like the, the older yeah. person they can kind of identify with. Did y'all like, like having a crush on your babysitter? Yeah, exactly. Or a teacher. Did y'all notice that before we became friends with the three yokai kids, <laughs> before we knew what they were? Paimon refers to them as rascals. <laughs> and so now I can only I can only think of them as little rascals. <laughs> oh. It's perfect though, because they kind of are. 
so this is like on the beach too like we're having like a little like get together at the beach or is this in the forest this is like happening like on the beach area because it's uh like it's really close to the forest still they love beach parties in this game yeah like they're just all hanging out there all talking the kitsune girl is talking to ito and traveler and actually i thought was pretty poignant she compares their relationship to that of Lord Kamai and the samurai. So going back to the story about like, they, she's kind of saying like, this kind of reminds me of like that little relationship and stuff like that. But I think the whole thing is interrupted because Ido's gang comes running and they're scared. They're scared out of the gourds. Yeah. The yokai girl is just like, uh yeah no i never so we never saw them we didn't try and scare them like that wasn't us and the, but they're yelling about ghosts and all this kind of stuff so we can only assume at that point that they ran across to the soul-stealing demon chorizo and paimon says it's gotta be because that bitch is a ghost that bitch be cray but then we find out she's something else yeah so we kind of calm down the the Ido gang. Mind you, Kuki's not there because she's too level-headed for this shit. So we go to start round three and we find out the shrine maiden is missing. She's just not there. Mom, no. (laughs) Oh, spooky mom. Spooky mom. So we're like, you know, what's up with this? So we obviously assume that there's something going on there and not just that she just got tired and moved on. (laughs) My immediate reaction when she was gone was like, we're just trying to play a game like, <laughs> like participate in an event for the yashiro commission to make our friends happy first we're dealing with this crazy demon lady now we got these three like lost kids who have no parents who are like being adopted by ito and now this lady's missing like what well, we've passed out i just want to win <laughs> i just want to play a game <laughs> fiends was totally fuck them kids <laughs> I was like, you guys are cute and all, but Ido can handle you. I just want to win my game. And now we have our mother is missing. Like, but luckily Haizu is with us, and we start to look for ghosts. It's like it's Feeny at a wedding shower. (laughs) I'm like, I just want to scratch this. I want to win a game. Give me the toilet paper. I will make the dress. (laughs) My favorite bridal shower game. Luckily, Haizo's though with us and we start to look for clues on the ghost to see what's going on. And, you know, so we're obviously just walking around Chinyu Forest at this point. And Haizo is able to deduce by the fact that we come across this cloth that there's some kind of stage performance going on here. That this ghost that that Paimon is petrified of is actually using props to scare people and that cloth being one of the things but kind of like something's up here like this isn't just like somebody's trying to pull your leg or pull your wing if it's pie she doesn't have wings she just floats pull her crown off yeah (laughs) her little baby diaper you know so he kind of figures the whole thing out and tells us and then goes like we we go back to like the little group and you know we tell them or they're in the forest. We tell them what's going on and what we think is happening. We head on over to the beach at that point to kind of confront Chorizo. Like, hey, why are you going to scare us and stuff? Why are you such a bitch? <laughs> but Heise's like, you know, in that old timey like detective thing, like, ha ha ha, I found you out. You're a yokai. The gig is up. We're all like, what? <laughs> yeah. You figured we, this all out by a cloth? We literally doubt him for a moment. We're like, you sure about that? Yeah. Because <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. 
So he talks about how she left her yokai body and became human. So, and her body must be at the beach because that's where she has more power and it gets weaker as she goes out. So she had to rely on props like that cloth and some fake smoke and stuff like that, which is also what made us pass out is she like poisoned us for a moment, I guess. Wild. Chloroformed everybody. Where yeah, it was like, smell the poppies. It's like, mm, no. What? Oh, it's a Wizard of Oz reference. No. <laughs> <laughs> which is a drug reference. Yes. Which is a drug <laughs> reference. <laughs> that part in Wizard of Oz is a drug reference. <laughs> totally. It's completely. <laughs> it's a great acid trip. So he's like, he calls her, like, he's like, should I call you Hagitsu Spirit or Tsukigami? And she's just like, ah, darn it. You figured me out. I've made this very much like an episode of Scooby-Doo. Damn kids, they figured <laughs> me is, out. Though. It's <laughs> literally Scooby-Doo. And she's like, well, you can call me Tani Yuta Chiruzu. She's like, that's the name I go by now. <laughs> Chiruzu. Chizuru. Just call her Chorizo. Chorizo. Yeah. She says, you can call me Chorizo now. That's the name I go by because I'm delicious. And I'm like, I'll say soy riso. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, can I call you chilies? She goes uh, on to tell us the rest of the story, though, that was already started earlier by the kids. But she re- kind of recaps some things like the samurai was only 25 years old when he first met. They made the um, that pact that every 10 years, because once Kamai finds out that this human is actually a swordsman, he's like, oh, shit, we got to like compete every 10 years. So it's not like they're going back and playing the paddle game. They're actually like fighting with swords and stuff because he's like totally in love with that whole idea. So the first 10 years, you know, he almost beats him by like a narrow margin and Kamai, like Al was saying, got really pissed and was like, now I'm going to give up drinking and I'm going to be good to find out that the samurai was off fighting a war. So then the 10 years later, the samurai, he's now 65, he's too old, the whole part that that Al's already kind of gone through and that, you know, the the samurai couldn't finish the game and Kamai was very sad, you know, like he is kind of like, oh, like, this is my friendship's ending and stuff. So Chorizo is like really upset about this. And she's just like, humans and yokai shouldn't be friends because like, this is what happens. Like humans will just die. So it's kind of like saying, I'm not going to get a dog because the dog's going to die. And like, doesn't she basically like blame herself? Yeah. She kind of goes into saying that, that it's actually when the kids set up the whole game that woke her up from a slumber that she was in. She was just waiting out to die on the beach. <laughs> and when the kids set up the the game, they woke her up. And so she's been trying to stop them from the same experience and the heartache. And that's sort of the big reveal is that you find out that the yokai from, you know, this legend of the samurai and the yokai, like having like their 10-year duels and then, you know, the human becomes an old man and the yokai is really hurt. Well, you find out that Soi Rizo is actually a yokai that was born from the power of that yokai and that legend mm-hmm. and whose power sort of fed into these hogoitas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but those game paddles, those decorative paddles that the two of them, that the the yokai and the samurai would use to play this game similar to the one on the beach. And that game became so meaningful between them 
that the yokai's powers seeped into these paddles. The paddles became their own sentient spirit that created Soirizo, and Soirizo sort of took on the pain of the yokai in that legend and was like, when the three yokai rascals came down to the beach to create this game to attract humans, it awoke the paddle spirit yokai, Soirizo. And Soirizo's like, wait, you can't like invite humans here. They're going to hurt you. They're going to break your heart, just like me. And you realize that sort of like what, what Tiff was saying earlier, she's sort of tied to the beach. And that's because she is sort of jumped out of those paddles and created her own human form. Mm -hmm. But you find out that those paddles have been like rotting on the beach for a long time. They're kind of like close to the end of their existence without breaking apart. Now, this is where the weird part of yokai and the weird shit that I know about weird cool yokai come in. And, and we'll get to this as well with the sword that we end up. But basically, Trizo here, uh, Sukum Ogami type yokai, which, you know, as, as Bees and Tiff have explained, a soul basically encompasses an inanimate object, becomes a yokai. But the sad thing is, because she was just a paddle, she didn't see the rest of the story. So Yaimiko shows up on the beach at this point, and is just like, yay, you figured it all out, and you won the game, and wow you. Yeah, after, after Hazo is like, I have deduced yeah. <laughs> that the final item of the test of courage is the rotting set of paddles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to play this game anymore. Is like a <laughs> sussy thing. And then Yaimiko shows up like slow clap, like yeah. congratulations. Guess what came from the Narakami shrine? Like this bitch tricks me again. <laughs> These paddles. Goru runs for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> So Yaimiko, you know, she shows up, like I said, the, the Shrine Maiden is there as well and says that, like, she had the Shrine Maiden hide just to cause chaos because it's Yaimiko. She was just like... She's going to give us all a heart attack one day. She's like, let's see how much we can fuck with people. Um, <laughs> I mean, she is a yokai herself, so... Yes. <laughs> She's there to have fun. She goes on to actually tell us, like, you know, she used to go to the Mkawa Flower Festival, Kitsune Saigu, and, you know, she's actually saw these paddles play, <laughs> which is just weird that she's saying oh, this to oh a my. person. I've seen you being used before. <laughs> but, like, yeah, Chorizo says, oh, you know what? I remember you. You were sitting on Lady Saigu's shoulder, assuming that at this point she was just her little foxy kitsune. Because this is oh, like, they yeah. haven't really told you how long ago it was, but you could tell it's hundreds of years ago. And that kind of comes out with this. The fact that Yaimiko is still just a little tiny fox, which I thought was cute that the paddles remembered her. But she goes on to say, like, you know, how she blames herself for Kamai being sad, because if it wasn't for her... And these paddles, they wouldn't have had that much fun together. And they wouldn't have made this pact to come back every 10 years. And like, you know, she says, like, basically to Yaimiko, like, you're a wise yokai. Like, you know, is it worth it? Like, is it worth to be friends with humans and stuff? And of course, Yaimiko says, yeah, it's it's worth it. And she goes on to say that you're, you're missing an important part of the story. And that's at the samurai. His name was Yanigishi Takutu. And he is the founder of the Soren Ishin art of um, sword making. So it turns out that he developed this Ishin art based on dueling with Kamai. Like, like it made a big impact in his life as well. 
Kamai actually befriended the third generation heir of Takusu, which is Mesonari. So he didn't know at the time, though, too, that like he was befriending his friend's heir. And then like 500 years ago, Kamai and the newer samurai guy, they fight side to side until their final moments. Like, they actually die together. There's something very Scaramouche about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second you bring in, like, sword making and death, you're like, ah, Kazuha Skara, shit. Kishin are, like, being friends with your friend's ancestor. Because And also, to add even just a little bit more into it, is that the sword that Masanari is using is the one that was passed down from Takutu, which was sword that Masanari is using is the sword that he got from his great-great-grandfather. So he's using the same sword when he's fighting with Kamai. So it's like, they were still even a little bit more connected by the fact that that's the same sword he was fighting. And Kamai was no longer, like, his regret was gone at that point you know like he no longer was kind of sad about it like once he found out like this whole thing and he kind of was able to die in peace uh, and i don't know if he died in the battles if he died yokai just eventually died but uh yeah he at least had that part of his life kind of resolved so the paddle lady didn't know that it turned out to be a good story in the end like his sadness didn't go on forever yeah she missed out on that yeah she's too busy rotting on a beach <laughs> <laughs> Which also, like, how was she left there for so long? Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who, no one's cleaning up the beaches, I know. Ayato. <laughs> I think she was buried in the sand. And... Yeah, she was no, buried. I think Ayato saw the paddle and was, and was like, I'm gonna leave them there. They got some sus energy like me. I assume that being that the Grand Narakami shrine is not far from the beach, and this is the item that the shrine gave to the test of courage, that they had it. Like they had, she wasn't necessarily always on the beach. She was just asleep. So she, what the fuck she know? I think Yaimiko was like, when she was doing like her ritual to like, you know, help all the yokai spirit, she was like, one of them's missing. And she went to Ayato and was like, something isn't right here. And then like the thing showed up on the beach and she's like, all right. And Ayato was <laughs> like, we're going to set up a festival around this. <laughs> Because Yato later confesses that he knew the yokai's intentions, like the rascals, and designed the festival to attract visitors to the rest of the yokai in the forest. Like he knew, like there was like this little band of yokai hanging out in the forest that were like not the same as they used to be back in the day, and he knew that they were trying to reach out to humans. So he created this whole event to sort of shut the uh, Tenryo Commission out and bring humans into the area to interact with the yokai. But I also kind of think that, like, it was all orchestrated by Yaimiko. Right. I was going to say, it it feels like Ayato probably knew something was going on because the estate isn't that far from the forest where the yokai kids are hanging out. And he probably went to Yaimiko because those two, like, I'm a Ayato Toma shipper, but my second one is Yai and Ayato. I think that Ayato went to Yai and was like, hey, tell me what the hell's going on. We're neighbors. Let's figure this out together. And I just love that the Yashiro Commission is like stereotypically known for having the least power in Inazuma because they're mostly for culture and events and fun. But Ayato finds his ways, man. (laughs) He's like, 
no, you can't do this. I'm gonna let the yokai live. You can't investigate on my beaches. Go away. He shuts down the other two branches so quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in charge of the secret society, so that boy's got some shit going. I hate him. But they have like a moment at the end too where they're kind of like laughing together like, ha ha, it was really great to scare these people. So they're both fucked. <laughs> Miko and Ayato are just like, hmm, they did everything for us. Without knowing. Because we have another party at the beach after this. Yeah. Ido puts on, Ido uses his yokai-ness. Because apparently that's the only way to put on this flower festival. And he is quite fucking proud of himself. He like applauds himself (laughs) that he was able to do this. And everybody enjoys the festival. And I believe we mentioned this during our Yai publishing episode. Ido's hanging out with Goru, us, and Paimon is saying how he got this big fish and he sent in a letter to Miss Hina about how he caught this big ass fish. And Goro's like, oh, that's kind of funny. I do stuff with that paper as well. And <laughs> I also got a message about somebody and a big ass fish. <laughs> you kind of see us like, don't let them figure it out. Don't let them figure it out. And like it zooms into Ido and he's just like, Somebody else is as good as fishing as me. (laughs) That's what he figures out by that. (laughs) Not that it's the same letter. That dumb boy, I love him so much. But also, let's just say for a minute too, Goru, what the heck? Yeah, general. (laughs) Yeah. General of an army can't figure out he's Miss Hina. I got news for you, Goru, because I've had Kokominos. He's busy. He has <laughs> troops to help. <laughs> Not anymore. The war's over. No, there is still a lot of um inter regional dispute. Yes, thank you. I was like, it's not really international, but yeah, in a regional. Listen, if yeah. he's over here at this Test of Courage event, he's got time. I mean, we also got a detective detectifying ghosts, so people got some time. As Paimon said very early on, you, you, you're bored? You're busy? You're not busy? You're gonna, this is what you're doing with your time? <laughs> One other interaction that I actually would like to just point out, too, is because we go around and talk to everybody and Ayaka is enjoying some ramen and hot pot with Sayu. And we say like, oh, you know, you really are loving this and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I don't get to eat a lot of ramen and hot pot because the foods like this have a lot of oil and salt. And I was like, this bitch is on a diet in Genshin. She's not allowed to eat anything unhealthy. Yeah, I was like, that's the only way that she could fit into this little outfit. And her brother's probably like, uh, no hot pot for you. No hot pot. You can't have that. There's a lot of oil and salt. And I was just like, <gasps> You uh, think her brother controls her diet? Yes, oh, I totally no. do. He's a pageant brother, right? Oh, no. I totally do. <laughs> Because like, know. or it's just been ingrained in her like every other woman in this entire world that yeah, that's you so, have to be on I a diet all like, the time. But guess where that comes from? Men. Patriarchy. I, I more so took it as that she is like kind of a samurai and that she might be keeping up with a like battle-esque diet? diet. Yeah, like I like a training diet. I mean, I will say when I had a lot of sodium, I blew up like a fucking balloon. <laughs> I was just thinking that like Toma would probably give her other foods and but in the same <laughs> thing though, but they secretly pig out on hot pot together. Yeah, yeah, but that's because Toma's getting poisoned by Ayato every five minutes. <laughs> but also, like everybody, like Sayu literally is a ninja. Like that's her job. She enjoys some hot pot and ramen. Ayaka's like sending Sayu out to like find her like pizza. <laughs> find me pizza. I want mushroom pizza. I just like, while it was inconsequential to the entire story, my note on it was just literally just says, 
ew. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I wanted to say about the follow-ups at the end is Hazo asks Kazuha to join him on an investigation because his attuned sense of nature could be helpful to him. I, I... forgot about this and i've always been like confused about like the hazo kazua ship that's everywhere and i remember when there was the live stream when hazo first came out one of the voice actors sort of mentioned it like i think those two might be good friends or something like that yeah and i was like oh really and then you know we did hazo's hangout and kazo was nowhere to be found and I was wondering, like, what they meant. Like, where was that intersection? And I think it might have just been this. Because I don't think they've ever been together outside of this, have they? No, not at all. Just this. They have some voice lines about each other. Like, I, it seems like Heizo was chasing after Kazuha when he mm-hmm. was on the run. And so I, I think there's kind of this appreciation for one another that- <laughs> They're like, you might have been chasing me down, but I think you're cool. And you might have been running from the law, but I also think you're cool. We should get to know each other. You gave me quite a challenge. Yeah. But I, I think I really they like know that. they'd work together well. Yeah. And I also think it's worth noting that Sui Rizo, at the end of the day, after her conversation with Yaimiko, she did come around and like ended up sort of being nice at the end and was like wishing us well. So and then she died. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know, shit happens. <laughs> These things happen. She was here. at peace. She was like finally able to like disperse. She was no longer rotting on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> no. But there is one other part outside of the event quest that I, I, I'd like to bring up. And I think Al has talked a little bit about it too, which is the sword that you get at the end of the event. And <laughs> It's pretty interesting. It's called the Tokabu Shigure. And it's a sword that you can only get through this event. It looks like an umbrella with an eye. It's really creepy. It is. It it's, is a legitimate umbrella with an eyeball and its tongue is sticking out. Yeah. And it actually gives a lot of really interesting like general history from Inazuma. But it also comes with like an entire story on its own. So the start, it lets you know that like in Inazuma, umbrellas are actually more about the art than the usefulness. Like you're better off with a pretty umbrella than one that will keep you dry. So oh. umbrellas aren't even really used type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> Just they're like, oiled okay. paper. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, nothing fancy. And if you open it and spin around, it'll start going singing in the rain. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Again, all about the art. <laughs> art, 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 art. <laughs> A very long story short, you find out that this umbrella was owned by a very beautiful woman who got really drunk on like some special Oni wine and she started dancing and people just really admired her. And later on, this woman was drafted or something and she ended up going to war and she died at war. And the people who followed her and believed in her, they took this umbrella and they donated it to a local shrine. And years later, A woman who is from a martial arts family shows up. She's praying at the shrine. She sees this umbrella and she's like, oh my God, I need it. That's going to be mine. Again, because they're pretty. So she buys the umbrella. She goes out. It's like a rainy day. She's all excited to open this umbrella. And before she can even use it, she gets word that her husband has died in war. And she decides, it says, to join him basically in the other world. So I'm assuming she kills herself. And then because of this, her family considered the umbrella a total curse. They want nothing to do with it. They returned it to the shrine where they asked for it to be sealed away. 
years after this, a rumor started about a new yokai that no one had ever seen before. And it looked, quote-unquote, the way the yokai was illustrated made it look akin to an umbrella, except taller than a man, bearing a single eye, a single leg, it would hop. and also a long tongue. <laughs> Should someone walk alone at night, the yokai may just suddenly appear, using its long tongue to lick those that dare pass by. <laughs> Is that the owl yokai? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's me. That's what I've been trying to tell you. It's the whole time I'm here to lick your toes. And then, oh my God. No. No. <laughs> it finishes off from the perspective of those who live in Fontaine, the yokai presented little threat with its main axe seeming like pranks. So eventually a shrine maiden hears about this new yokai and she goes and she takes this umbrella and she washes it from top to bottom using a wooden spoon. I don't know how she did that. I don't want to know. Uh, wait, actually, I do I do know why. So Because when you go into temples, you have a specific spoon where you wash yourself with the divine waters. That's the spoon they reference to. Interesting. So then she uses like a silk cloth to wipe it clean, says a prayer, pops the umbrella into an annex of the temple where it becomes enshrined. This entire story is quoted from a woman named Mademoiselle Lucade. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm trying my best. Assumed to be a Fontaine woman, since she also mentioned that it was no threat to the people of Fontaine. If you look up this woman's name, it is nowhere to be found in the Rolodex of Fontaine. Like, between NPCs, people we've heard about. And if you look up the word alone, like, I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like, what is it? It's not even, like, talking about something in French. It actually, (laughs) yeah, it translates to Lefkada in ancient Greek, and it's actually, like, a little island. It's a beach, specifically. Like, a, like, um, um, a part of a beach on this island that's pretty well known. So it's just like, okay, what is this little Greek island going to have to do in Fontaine eventually? Who is this woman? Where is this island? What is happening? Or could she be, to channel Paimon, a ghost? (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. We don't Uh, know. Ghost? Sorry. (laughs) Had to do it at least once. The Scooby-Doo episode. It's also interesting, though, because at this point, like, Fontaine isn't even in our heads. Right, yeah, pre-Fontaine. This is January of 23. Yeah, Sumeru just had come out. Yeah, we're still living, like, our best Sumeru life. We're getting ready for Lantern Rite. Like, Fontaine isn't a thought in our heads yet. Leaks were starting to come out maybe, like, two months after this event. So it's very curious, like, why they dropped this Fontaine lore so quickly. And also why this woman in Fontaine knows so much about a yokai sword umbrella (laughs) in Inazuma when Inazuma's borders have been closed. So is it someone who lives within Inazuma? Who is this person? Is it Kaveh's mother? I don't know. Well, you apparently have your own theory already. No, I just want to meet Kaveh's mother already. You really (laughs) do. Like, you are all about this bitch. I want to know what she's doing. It's an opportunity. I think they should do that. Well, here's the thing with Kaveh's mom. It opens up a door to bring Sumeru characters to Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Yep. It also gives you a second to kind of better the storyline of Kaveh. Like, Kaveh has a beautiful storyline already, but you have this opportunity to be like, all right, how sad do we want to make Kaveh's life? Don't do this to my boy. I know. Do this but- to Ben. How could you? I know. I'm sorry, Ben. But you could literally bring Kave to Fontaine to see his mother and find out that his mother is like happily remarried with children living her best life. 
And how sad would that be for Kave? If they bring Kave to Fontaine before Yanfei, I'm rioting. Well, Yanfei, okay, well, let me just She's say. a lawyer and an attorney and she's studied there. Kuki even says something about it. They they both should be there together on holiday and then they love each other forever and get married. Well, they're farther <laughs> away. Oh, no, they're not. They could just cross on over. Yeah, Shen Yu Vale. Yeah, it's farther away. I know. Shen Yu Vale isn't is, released. Distance doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> I will say this. At one of the Fontaine... So over the over the summer, this summer, they did a bunch of Fontaine like museum exhibits across the world. And in one of the exhibits, they actually showed some official art of Sumeru characters like taking boats and going to Fontaine. I know Tignari and Sino were one of them. I don't know if this official art is canon or not, but it does leave something to be suggested. Like, are they going to be bringing these characters in? Yeah, I mean, it would make sense too just by the fact that they've done that with other nations and stuff like we've seen even with like Sumeru characters going to Mondstadt and I guess even like Carrara was there too, right? Or Charlotte. Charlotte was there from Fontaine and we've everywhere. seen yeah but we saw like you know our monster characters go to Inazuma and kind of having that cross regional type thing mm-hmm. which is really cool and it would be neat if they did more of it I mean I understand like in the main story it kind of would be difficult but events and these little like mini games and things like that would be perfect opportunities to have little side things yeah absolutely and give the people what they want with the characters they like too and the people what they want is fiends yeah. Yes. <laughs> you give me what I want. I like how you're like, yes. I had to think about it. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. <laughs> I just don't understand why they're not calling me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have this like I perfect OC for them. Like, yeah. I don't get it. You're a wealth. But I will say, I recently had a dream that they announced a new character in Genshin and it looked like eerily similar to my OC. And then like it's her storyline was like the same. And I was like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> Did Genshin steal my character? <laughs> I was like, in the dream, I remember being like, so excited about it, but also like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, at first you're like honored. You're like, my character was good enough for your game. It's like, hell yeah. But then you're like, wait a second. This is my character. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Give her back. Um, But anyway, that's not true. Hoyo hasn't stolen my character yet. Call me if you want her. With that being said, I do think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, travelers, for coming on this journey with us today. We have learned a lot about the history of Inazuma. I don't think we talked nearly enough about the yokai because up until this event, a lot of us, and by a lot of us, I mostly mean me, had a hard time understanding what a yokai was in comparison with like the onis and stuff like that and finding out they were the same. So I think this was a really important event to cover, not only because it was a fun, spooky little ghost hunting event, but because there's a lot of rich Inazuman history behind it. That being said, join us next week when we're going to be talking about our new favorite trio, the Fontaine siblings, the Fontaine Fatui siblings, Linny, Lynette, Fremenet, however you want to call them. The down bad bro and his two sidekicks. The corny ass magician and his (laughs) helper and his depressed brother. Lenny wants to get into the traveler's pants so fucking bad. I cannot. He's flirting at every chance. And we will talk more (laughs) about that next week. Until then, travelers, (laughs) safe journeys. We'll see you next time. Bye, Tengu nerds. I would be a Kutsuni. Yeah, that's true. I'm an Oni, bitch. (laughs) 